Happy Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Protection breaks down and time runs out. Down goes Rodgers in the sack for Leonard Floyd. New this year and after spending three years with the Rams, the former first round pick of the Bears and now Rodgers sits down. A loss of 10 on the play and hopefully the Jets are thinking that's the only loss on that play. Sam Martin corrals the snap. It's a short punt. Gibson on the return. Near side. Gibson inside the 30, hits the Jets, and he's going to go, Jets win it, touchdown, rookie Xavier Gibson, game over. You see they can go from worst to first, we see it every year from within a division, and this year staying on track with that. Garoppolo, a lot of time, and that time ends, he's dropped again, Chris Jones came in, and he got the ball loose too. Sam has been most of the offense. He has doubled, singled, and scored a run tonight. Back at City Field. This is headed toward the gap. Nimmo on the run. That's near the wall. It's gone. Tommy Pham wanted to hit home runs, and here he is. And Pham in the eighth inning has tied the ball game. The O1 to Cattell. Thomas still holding. Marte punches one down the line. That's fair. It's in the corner. It bounces up the line. Here comes Alex. It gets away from McNeil, and it's 4-3 D-backs. A blue bar beyond double for Cattell Marte. Second and third, two outs, the 1-2 to Nimmo. Center field, late break for Alec, he's under it. And Paul Seawalt somehow survives one more time, and so do the Diamondbacks. They come back to get a 4-3 win, and they take the opener this four-game set in New York. For your quarterback. Dobbs fakes the Connor under pressure, got rid of it, and a great job to hold on for his first NFL catch. The third round pick out of Stanford, Michael Wilson, for 15 yards. Third down and goal. It's Howell. Stepping up. It's Howell on the move. Tie game. Touchdown. Second down, Rashada throws, it's intercepted. Lyric rolls with the pick. Elijah Badger, the intended target, tried to fit it into a tight window, and Rawls picks up his first career INT. And both linebackers going to come here, both up the middle. Delora pulls it back, now he lets it go into double coverage. And it is picked off again. The third of the game for Mississippi State, this time Sean Preston Jr. Three possessions, three picks. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 12th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. 
in today's Sports Zone right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. The Jets, are they a playoff team without Aaron Rodgers? The Chiefs, should they be Super Bowl favorites with the return of Chris Jones? The Diamondbacks, how important is winning three out of four games this week at New York against the Mets? The Cardinals, should Joshua Dobbs remain the starting quarterback? Plus, it is last call from the football weekend. And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's scheduled lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 9.15, our weekly fantasy football update, waiver wire time. Unfortunately, some injuries really dictating the change uh, of several positions on several different teams. We'll cover that and much more with John McKechnie of rotowire.com, our weekly discussion with John. 9.30, at interactive action at 6.02. 260-1060 and also the local roundup. That will include some Cardinals, Sun Devils, and Wildcats, plus Diamondbacks Mets analysis for Monday night. Then the final segment of the Sports Zone today, it will be the National Roundup, topped by rip from the headlines, from the wire, whatever else I can jam in, in one segment to conclude the radio program. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question, when we posted this, we weren't positive that Aaron Rodgers is out for the season. That is now the case. Uh, so are the Jets a playoff team with Aaron Rodgers out for the season? It's kind of the proper phrasing now, but it was if he is. Now we know he is. So are the Jets a playoff team with Aaron Rodgers out for the season? And Corey's here and has the early returns. Leading right now is no 63% of the vote there. Yes, at 38% on KDUS1060.com. Rodgers this morning has been ruled out for the season. He had four snaps last night, and he was done, unfortunately, with the Achilles tendon injury. The Jets, after trailing 13-3 and without Rodgers, won 22-16 in overtime over the Bills. After the 65-yard punt return from Xavier Gibson, who was prominently featured in the last two episodes of Hard Knocks. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, should the Chiefs be Super Bowl favorites with Chris Jones back from his holdout? And Corey, what's going on here? Leading by a lot is no, 88.9% of the vote. Yes, at 11.1% on KDUSAM1060 on Twitter. Jones ended this holdout on Monday by agreeing to terms on a new one-year contract. He's expected to make his season debut Sunday at Jacksonville. Back on the on to the local front, actually, to be more accurate, and we try to be accurate as much as humanly possible. Uh, the Diamondbacks won the first of four games in Queens. Tommy Pham hit the game-tying homer in the eighth inning before Cattell Marte delivered the eventual game-winning double in the ninth inning. Would anything less than three out of four wins against the Mets be a disappointment this week for the Diamondbacks? Joshua Dobbs will start week two. Jonathan Gannon on Monday confirmed without hesitation that Dobbs is the starter for week two in the Sunday home opener against the Giants. Uh, is there any doubt that Dobbs should be the Cardinals starting quarterback in week two? Meanwhile, it, uh, it was a bad local football week. The Cardinals, Sun Devils, and Wildcats all lost. 
Today is the last day for any football comments from last weekend, local or national, college or pro. Starting tomorrow, we're looking ahead to the uh, next week's games. Meanwhile, also in addition to all those outstanding questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it is from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by our weekly fantasy football update with John McKechnie for rotowire.com. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, it'll be phone call time. General discussion if you want to get in, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to some local roundup. That will include uh, some Diamondbacks Mets analysis for Monday night. We'll get a little bit into the point spreads for the Cardinals, ASU, and U of A games for the upcoming week. And uh, whatever else we can jam into that local roundup segment, which is sometimes, uh, depending on uh, you know phone phone call volume, we encourage the phone call volume, especially on a Tuesday when we don't have the extra point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. So once again, 602-260-1060 at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sports with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD2 100.7. Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. All right, the fantasy world was certainly altered by Aaron Rodgers' Achilles tendon injury on Monday night. He is out for the season, if you haven't heard the news this morning. I don't think it's official from the Jets yet, but it's been reported by all the network insiders, etc. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports zone by John McKechnie from rotowire.com, our weekly fantasy chat with John. And, John, I usually start these conversations on uh, after Monday Night Football about the Monday Night Football game and the ramifications. But Rodgers, uh, out for the season. How does that alter your approach for, say, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, and whatever Jet skill players might be on a roster somewhere? Right, exactly. I mean, that was um, that was absolutely jarring last night. You know, we I think the Jets were maybe the most talked about team over the off season, and a team that that you know it was was penciled in, and and I think rightfully so as being you know the proverbial quarterback away uh, from being a real challenger in the AFC, uh, not just the AFC East, and for him to to go out for the season on the first uh, series of the year, it was just, I mean, how snake bitten can you possibly be if if you're the Jets? That was just a a brutal break. I'm not even a Jets apologist and I feel bad for them. I mean, that's just, it's awful. Um, But when it comes to the fantasy, um, if you play in in two quarterback leagues, I think, especially if you had Aaron Rodgers that, that 
you pretty much need to, to go ahead and scoop up Zach Wilson for better or for worse off the waiver wires that, this week. And, um, you know, I think you, you'd be crazy to not downgrade Garrett Wilson um, after, um, you know, he he showed an impressive, you know, the, the classic impressive stuff that, that we've come to know from him uh, with, with that touchdown last night. But I think this offense is just going to be a lot clunkier through the air with, with uh, Zach Wilson operating it as opposed to Aaron Rodgers. So I think Garrett Wilson, if we were to, to be drafting again today for, for the rest of the season, he'd probably be closer to like a late third-round pick as opposed to a late first-round pick, which is where he pretty much uh, settled in uh, towards the end of draft season. As far as Brees Hall is concerned, he looked really explosive last night and ended up getting the 10 carries. Um, he was kind of stuck on like two or three carries for a while, so it was good to see him get a little bit more work uh, later on. So you still feel good about Brees Hall. Um, his ADP obviously dropped a, a decent bit, so if you, if you um, were able to scoop him around Labor Day or, or um, the, the week, week or so prior once Dalvin Cook signed on, um, you, you're probably still feeling pretty good about um, your, your Brees Hall investment as long as it was in the fourth round or so. All right, so Tuesday is waiver wire day in many fantasy leagues. Let's go through uh, some waiver wire talk and throw in uh, maybe some general questions by position. Let's start with the running backs. Uh, who are your top or who are the top running back targets, whether they're yours or some of your uh, competitors uh, uh, for uh, running backs this week in uh, the fantasy world? Well, it broke my heart to see J.K. Dobbins go, go down right. for the season. You know, that, that's two and four years for, for him. And you've been listening to, the, to our show during the football season for the last couple of years. You know, I'm a, I'm a Ravens fan at, at heart. Um, but, you know, it, putting on my, my analyst hat, uh, right now, I, I do believe that, that even though Justice Hill um, had a better fantasy day um, than Gus Edwards did on, on Sunday, I still think Gus Edwards is the Baltimore uh, running back to roster going forward. I think that uh, maybe he, he lacks a little bit in terms of uh, the pass-catching work, so maybe that's going to get spread around a little bit but between a committee. But I think that Gus Edwards is the hammer um, in that backfield and, and someone that, that I am, I would be comfortable putting up um, about 15% of my wager or my waiver budget on. Um, I don't think Justice Hill is, is a bad um, pivot for, for your waiver wire selections. And, and I think Justice Hill in a, in a lot of leagues is going to be the one who's more readily available. Edwards was oftentimes drafted uh, in the last couple of rounds in, in most uh, standard like ESPN or Yahoo type of formats. So, uh, if Hill's the only one that's available from this backfield, um, I would feel comfortable putting a, about 5% of my of my free agent budget on there. And then I have a longer-term sleeper. If you have injured reserve spots, um, I think this rookie, Keaton Mitchell, out of East Carolina, is a splash play type of guy that's waiting to happen. So if you can, if you have the, the stomach to hold someone that's on IR for right now up until week five, uh, Keaton Mitchell is definitely someone to, to keep on your radar. I'm not really buying the Kyron Williams thing, although it's a it's a common trope of Sean McVay to just have weird approaches yeah. to, to Cam Akers, to say the least. So, um, you know, who's to say that it stops um, and, and he corrects course and, and gets things back to what things looked like at the end of last season when Cam Akers was helping people win their fantasy championships. But Kyron Williams was, you know, a, a good player at Notre Dame. He, he, can, he can do a lot of things that, that you need you know he's a decent pass catcher he's okay as, as a rushing talent and then 
Um, I would say beyond that, depending on Austin Eckler's ankle situation, I, I think you need to speculate, uh, first of all, on, on Joshua Kelly. And then I, I also wouldn't forget completely about Isaiah Spiller, the, the second-year running back out of Texas A&M. I think he'll get elevated to active status, and I do believe uh, that he's a more talented uh, running back prospect than Joshua Kelly, so keep him in mind as well, especially if Austin Eckler ultimately is ruled out. One more thing about the Ravens. Uh, the fact that Dobbins is out, does that do anything for Lamar Jackson? You know, it's hard to say, does he run the ball more, but you know, do they maybe have to throw more? Um, I think they will probably have to throw a little bit more. Um, you know, this is it's not going to become an air raid offense overnight just because Greg Roman's out and Todd Munkin is in. Munkin is just very pragmatic. I've noticed that uh, about you know, him in his, over the course of his career. You know, the, the Buccaneers didn't have any run game to speak of, so what did he do? He helped Jameis Winston throw uh, a ton of touchdowns, also threw a ton of interceptions, but I, I can't put that all on Todd Munkin. And then, um, and then he was obviously very pragmatic with, with his time uh, with the Georgia Bulldogs as well. So I think Munkin will, will find a way to, to uh, see what ingredients he has to cook with and make the most effective um, and cohesive game plans that, that he can going forward i do trust that, that he'll be able to pull something like that off i i wouldn't expect this to to uh, create a major rushing attempt surge for lamar jackson i think that there's kind of a, a pointed emphasis uh with lamar jackson maybe not running quite as much in this offense so the, it's just going to be a committee approach i think it's still going to be a fairly run heavy offense um you know i think probably top 10 in the league in, in run rate but i think it's just going to have to be split up between Edwards, Justice Hill, and, and eventually Keaton Mitchell. All right. Talking with John McKechnie, our Roto, uh, rotowire.com, our weekly fantasy discussion. All right. Uh, the, uh, Tyler Algiers, 15 carries, got the short yardage work. We obviously love Bijan. Uh, Cordero Patterson was a healthy scratch. He didn't even play. Uh, so what is Algiers' fantasy value? Is he just probably rostered in too many leagues to begin with? So, yeah, he, he's tricky because he, he was certainly one of the big surprise performances of this past uh, weekend, and, and I think it's fair to expect that as the season progresses that B. John Robinson will take on a, a more uh, significant role in, in that Falcons offense. But uh, Algier, I always felt, was, was a very strong option to be, to be targeting in, like, the 11th or 12th round of, of drafts. I thought that he did well enough last year to where I didn't really feel like the Falcons need to invest the, the number eight overall pick in Bijan Robinson. Robinson, you know, he, he is a better talent than Algier. Yeah, I mean, you got to, you know, put that out, out there, the, the disclaimer and everything. But Algier should not just be deleted from this offense. And he was he was never going to be deleted from this offense, even with the addition of Bijan Robinson. So he's probably rostered in, in too many leagues. But if uh, he is out there, then he has to be a priority um, at, a, at the running back position this week because I don't think he's going away. And he has that, that short area ability. He scored, I think, over 20 touchdowns in his last season uh, on the ground at, at BYU. Um, so he could, at the, at the very least, be like this annoying touchdown vulture. I'm not saying yeah. that he's the direct parallel to Jamal Williams from, from last year. Um, but, you know, I, I think that Algier should be able to give you flex-level production going forward. I think that's not a terrible thought there about the uh, Williams analogy. All right, Philadelphia. Kenneth Gainwell got a large percentage of the snaps, so how do we break down the running back situation? Oof, it's 
it's kind of a mess, right? I mean, uh, uh, Rashad Penny was a, was a healthy scratch. DeAndre Swift barely touched the ball. So, so I mean, that was one of those things that was kind of a, a recurring theme throughout preseason where Kenneth Gainwell was, was seeing um, a lot of the backfield work. And everyone, especially those who had invested in heavily in Swift and Penny, were like, oh, they're just playing Gainwell because they don't want to expose – guys like Swift and, and um, Penny to, you know, preseason contact, especially given um, their injury histories. But it seems like the Philly staff really, really likes Kenneth Gainwell. I don't think he's going away. Um, I don't really know what to do about Rashad Penny if, if you drafted him. I, I have to make that, that call in a couple of places. I'm going to try to hold on through at least week two and, and see if anything can come of that um, and if he can be active. Uh, on game day, but DeAndre Swift, if if you have him, I think you're you're obviously panicking a little bit. It's I mean we're already like kind of behind the eight ball for him re- returning value. It's only one week into the season, but yeah, when it comes to both Penny and Swift, it, it's not looking great right now. But it, that's not to say that it, it can't change uh, going forward. And and then of course um, you know rounding it out, Gainwell looks like it, uh, one of those late round lottery tickets that that. Uh, yeah, I should have gotten him in my league. I'm in the deep league, and I actually was, you know, him or somebody else, and I can't, I can't remember who the somebody else was, but I took the somebody else. Bad idea. <laughs> All right, receivers, uh, either wide receivers or tight ends. Who are we looking to uh, looking for in the waiver wire today? Well, I, th- I think one of the more surprising results for, from Sunday was what happened in Seattle, um, and, and specifically the Rams moving the ball through the air without Cooper Cup. Um, yeah, it, it, it felt like that was uh, not really something that was in the cards, and yet uh, there we were. And who who was leading the charge? None other than Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. So if you're in a league with me, uh, right. too bad, so sad. I already have Puka. But um, beyond that, I, I do believe that, that Puka Nakua is someone that, that has a little bit of staying power. I think that the only reason he got drafted as late as he did is some durability issues. So you got to remember that if, if he does get a little bit dinged up this year, um, that is something that, that has happened to him uh, plenty of times throughout his football career at, at this point. Um, but I think he, he's a much better talent than Tutu Atwell. I think he has a, a frame that's more NFL viable. Tutu, um, I loved watching him play Louisville. But a, a guy his size, I just don't really see it holding up and, and him being overly effective over the course of the season. If I'm wrong on that, then, then I'm just going to have to hold the L. But if I'm picking between those two guys the rest of the way, uh, it's Puka Nakua. All right. Uh, some guys that I'm just um, not worried, maybe is a strong word, but I'm curious. Uh, DJ Moore had to, uh, two targets. I think they were on consecutive plays, if I remember correctly. Also, Atlanta. Uh, they only threw 18 passes. We went through the running back situation there. You know, Pitts and London didn't get much uh, work, and Ritter was terrible, by the way. Uh, and yep. also, as far as uh, you know, Christian Kirk uh, barely played. A, in fact, he played a little less than 50% of the snaps. So, what do we do with those guys? Any, if anything. Yeah. So, okay. So, so definitely some some concerning ones to to get started i I think i'm the least worried about dj Moore. i mean you think about what the bears uh gave up uh to to help you know get dj Moore back from from the panthers in that blockbuster trade before the draft so that was the bears offense being stupid um i I think that they will correct that uh they don't really have a choice um because 
you know, with the reason why we were drafting DJ Moore as high as we were is because he's the only legitimate, uh, you know, number one type receiver that in that Bears offense. We knew that they weren't going to be throwing the ball a ton and they weren't going to be overly effective through the air. But I think when it's all said and done, DJ Moore is still going to be able to command about 25% or so of the of the Bears' targets. So not so worried about, about him, despite being obviously disappointed in how things got started week one. Drake London, um, I think that we're going to see his target share start to climb back up. I don't know if I'm ready to, to uh, start him this week if I have a better option right now, though. So I think he, he's kind of checked in as a wide receiver three going into this weekend, but I would imagine that this is a, a squeaky wheel or, yeah, get, gets the grease type of thing. Um, you know, the, the big stories down here in Atlanta when it, when it comes to the Falcons and the week one reactions was in regards to the passing game and with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. My, my overarching concern is that Desmond Ritter is not it. Um, and as a result, um, you know, we could just have a lot of weeks where Drake London gets a lot of targets, but they're not particularly catchable or putting it putting him in fortuitous situations. So it could be a very clunky Atlanta passing game. Although it, it is important to, to remember that um, the, the London Ritter connection to end last season was pretty electric. So um, maybe it's a little bit too soon to be worried about him as well. I mean, he is someone that you spent fifth round pick on a little bit of patience, uh, I think goes a long way there. And then, uh, who is the third receiver? Uh, Christian Kirk. Um, yeah. So it, with him, him, I think it's it's a little bit concerning, um, but I, I still feel like at the at the end of the day, uh, Calvin Ridley is going to be that that primary uh, X receiver. Uh, Zay Jones is, you know, he has the skill set that that works really well with, with Trevor Lawrence, a good downfield guy. But I think you know with with the rapport that that Lawrence and Kirk uh, were able to establish last year, I, th- I think that. Uh, Doug Peterson will, will kind of go ahead and, and make sure that, that Kirk is a little bit more involved. So it's, a, it's an anecdotal thing, and it, it's certainly significant. I, after one week uh, to see Zay Jones outperform Christian Kirk the way that he did, but um, I, I think you know that's something that that should settle back in in time. And I do think that the market was corrected in in drafting the pecking order in Jacksonville as Ridley. Clear number one, Christian Kirk, uh, number two, and then Zay Jones, kind of a, a, a flyer that, that uh, you never feel super great about starting, but you can certainly see, see the upside. Quarterbacks. I know it's you know overreaction week in the NFL, fantasy or otherwise. Uh, anything we should uh, cons- Anybody we should consider in at least a one-quarterback league in the waiver wire? Um, so in, in one-quarterback leagues, um, let's see, if, if – Kenny Pickett uh, got dropped or, or anything after Sunday's performance. I, I still think that he's someone that, that should be able to, to turn things around. Um, so I think he'll be viable as the season unfolds. You, you probably don't want to start him this week, but it, you know if you had Aaron Rodgers, then you might be in that particular boat. Uh, Jordan Love, similar thing, although he, he obviously looked a, a good bit better than, than Pickett did this past weekend. Um, and then, you know, just it's, if you're in a two-quarterback league or, or deeper one-quarterback league or if you had Aaron Rodgers, the quotes from Robert Sala this morning are, are suggesting that it is going to be Zach, the Zach Wilson show uh, the rest of the season. So take that for, for what you will. I think we have a pretty good idea at this point of what Zach Wilson is at this level. And sometimes you just need points from a quarterback. And 
Zach Wilson can technically give you that, even if you don't really feel uh, great about uh, the, the volume of those points. Any Brock Purdy love out there? He throws two or more touchdowns on like every start. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. If he if he's still available on on your waiver wire, then then I think he's he's definitely um, a priority um, addition. I mean, the, the supporting cast around him is so ridiculously strong. Right. Um, you know, you have McCaffrey who can take a dump off pass, and and you know, all of a sudden that turns into a touchdown pass for Purdy. Brandon Ayuk looks like he's about to have a huge breakout season, and you still have Debo and, and George Kittle in the fold. Um, that, that's a lot uh, to work with if, if you're Brock Purdy. So um, definitely endorse that if he's still available. Okay, last up, and I'm up against the clock. That's my bad here. But Anthony Richardson, what do we think of him, and what do we think of the Colts' offense? Uh, reasonably impressed by, by Richardson. I, I thought that he, he did, if you're an optimist, pretty much exactly what you wanted him to do in his debut. You know, runs for a touchdown and runs effectively and, and throws for another score and, and had some rapport with Michael Pittman. So um, I, I felt like you have to be encouraged by, by Richardson. Um most of the time in my drafts, if I drafted Richardson, I, I was inclined to take someone kind of boring like a Kirk Cousins right after him just to give me a bit of a safety net. But um, I, I think it, within the next week or two, we'll, we'll know for, for real if, if Richardson's a, a guy that you can feel confident starting every single week. All right, John, great stuff as always. Let everybody know how they can uh, follow you and hear you. Uh, check me out. Uh, I'm on a lot of the Roadwire podcasts. Um, so our NFL podcast on Thursdays and also our NFL uh, betting podcast that, that also runs on Thursdays. And I also write our, our college football uh, DraftKings main slate article every single week. That's for, for the Saturday um, afternoon games. That's usually, you know, covering about 13 games. So, so check that out. And uh, that is uh, never paywalled. So uh, that's free for, for anyone to check out. And otherwise, just check out rotowire.com, uh, NFL obviously NFL season so uh, check it out we have tons of great articles content and tools great stuff John we'll talk next week thanks thanks again cheers cheers all right I like that you know, 9 a.m. here it's never too early to have cheers all right uh, John McKechnie from rotowire.com uh, 9:37, actually according to my uh, you know, clock on the wall here in the next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060. Look at my computer. It also says 937, so it must be 937. If I talk long enough here, it'll be like 938. Next segment, phone call time, 602-260-1060, general discussion. Also, we'll get to some local roundup. Uh, likely, uh, right off the bat, I'll get to some Cardinals and uh, ASU and the U of A looking ahead to this week's games and then time pending. We'll get to some Diamondbacks and Mets as the Diamondbacks win the first of the four-game series last night. I covered a little bit about that in the pipeline. We might add a little more in the next segment, depending on the phone call volume. That's up to you. 602-260-1060. You're listening to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. If you want to get in, it's hustle up time, 602-260-1060. 
All right, topping today's local roundup, the Cardinals four-point underdogs in the uh, Sunday home opener against the Giants. Jonathan Gannon at his Monday press conference, uh, without any hesitation, said that Joshua Dobbs will get the second start of the season at quarterback or start week two uh, for the Cardinals. He also uh, called out uh, the multiple negative yards plays during the Sunday opener at Washington. That's something that, quite frankly, I didn't talk about enough or at all yesterday, which I should have. He also, uh, being Gannon, uh, when asked about backup uh, offensive lineman Kelvin Beecham, who, if they want to get the best five offensive linemen on the field, which you've heard from you know football coaches at any level forever, uh, Gannon said that Beecham, quote, will be ready to play when he's ready to go. Okay. There you go. Meanwhile, ASU, uh, obviously, uh, you know, wilted in the second half last Saturday night against Oklahoma State. They're, uh, you know, home underdog this Saturday night. They opened a one-point underdog against Fresno State, and that number quickly went to three and a half. That's a big move. The total went from 51 and a half to 50. And then the, uh, the Wildcats are also, uh, they're actually a home favorite on Saturday night against UTEP. Uh, the Wildcats have moved from 16 to 17 and a half point favorites. Z, uh, UTEP is zero and two. UTEP got routed last week by Northwestern, which looked like a completely inept team and all the offseason issues at Northwestern. But UTEP got run off the field in in Evanston last uh, Saturday by Northwestern. Total net U of A uh, UTEP game moved from 57 to uh, to uh, 57 to 40. Uh, I get this right. 57 to 56 and a half. All right. Local roundup continues with a little more on the, the Diamondbacks from last night. Tommy Pham and the game tying homer in the eighth inning. He finished a triple short of the cycle. In his return to City Field, remember the uh, Diamondbacks acquired him from the Mets at the trade deadline. Also, Cattell Marte had the go-ahead double in the ninth inning. The Diamondbacks win 4-3 last night. First of a four-game series at New York against the Mets. So, Pham continues his good hitting. He went 3-5 for five last night in that game. Yeah, he's hitting 261 with 35 runs batted in and 34 games for Arizona. Uh, since he was acquired, he has 61 runs batted in the season, if you include his Mets stats. Uh, he's been a uh, very good. He also threw a runner out at second base in this game, which he's not necessarily known for. But his defense has been you know, much better than advertised and much better than I remember watching him against the, when he played for the Mets. So we'll see how that goes. The Diamondbacks, uh, a four-game series there. They got swept by the Mets when they played uh, during a three-game series in, in Phoenix, and in, in, uh, that was in July. Uh, so uh, kind of a re- re- revenge tour, even though I don't really believe too much in revenge in baseball in a 162-game season. But I'm sure they're looking forward to playing them after what happened here. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks placed Gabriel Marino on the paternity list yesterday and recalled Jose Herrera from AAA Reno. Pitching matchup tonight is Ryan Nelson, who's been really good on the road, which we've mentioned all year long. Uh, so he's on the road tonight against uh, Jose Buto. And I got to admit, I'm not familiar with Jose Buto. I think last night's like the first time I've watched any Mets games live in weeks. Uh, and I'll be obviously watching the next three days. Uh, tomorrow night, it's Zach Gallen against Kode Singa. And I think those are the two best pitchers for the uh, starting pitchers for the respective teams. 
Uh, you know, Senga, the uh, king of the ghost forkball, he was actually pitched well against the Diamondbacks here when the Mets did sweep that three-game series. And then on Thursday at 1:10, it is Merrill Kelly against David Peterson. Now, the bad news for the Diamondbacks is that you know Kelly and Gallon will not be available since they're pitching Wednesday and Thursday. They'll not, not be available for the three-game series this upcoming weekend at Chase Field against the uh, Chicago Cubs. Speaking of the Cubs, they won a second straight game. They beat the Diamondbacks on Sunday, and they won yesterday at Colorado when Jan Gomes hit a two-run single in the ninth inning. And uh, you know Michael Fulmer had to step up and get the save because yesterday uh, the Cubs closer Adbert Alzale was placed on the 15-day injured list because of a forearm strain. Bad for the Cubs. Bad for my fantasy team that I care about. I have two fantasy teams. One we suck. The other one we're in first place trying to hang on here in the last couple weeks of the season. Uh, tonight is uh, Javier Assad. Uh, going to the mound against Colorado's starting pitcher uh, Chris Flexen. The Diamondbacks have faced both of those guys in the last week or so, so we've talked about Assad and Flexen. Meanwhile, the Brewers win last night. Uh, in fact, uh, the Marlins routed the Brewers, and so the Marlins are the story here for the Diamondbacks. The Marlins lose 12 nothing. Brandon Woodruff was tremendous, and if you're looking ahead to the playoffs, Brandon Woodruff and uh, the other, you know, for the most part, the uh, Brewers pitching starting rotation, they're going to be tough to beat in the playoffs. And they've there's, there's, yeah, certainly picked up the offense since the trade deadline. They could be a really difficult out in the postseason for any, including Atlanta, National League team. Meanwhile, the uh, Giants rallied to win last night. You know, Lamont Wade Jr., uh, got the big hit last night in the 10th inning, late night Lamont, they used to call him a couple years ago when they were winning 107 games out of nowhere. Uh, and uh, he certainly uh, filled that bill last night. So the Giants win uh, last night. So uh, they remain in the chase in the wild card. And then the Phillies, who lead the wild card in the National League, they split a doubleheader with Atlanta. And that's probably considered a win if you're splitting a doubleheader with Atlanta. All right, coming up next, Corey uh, will have a news update. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular one-hour radio program. We'll get to some national roundup. That will include a potpourri of things. Um, We'll see how this goes. I got a bunch of things ready to go if I need it. And uh, that'll start with uh, the latest line for the Thursday night football game, uh, which uh, Philadelphia has some injury situations, which we'll get into uh, Wednesday and Thursday, you're kind of uh, you're not real sure what a couple guys' status would be at the moment, but we'll have much more information before we get to the game on Thursday, certainly. So we'll start with that, and we'll also have an update on the Cardinals-Giants line. It's, uh, I mentioned earlier in this segment, but if you missed uh, the first part of this segment, and uh, I'll get a little more into detail, the Cardinals' home opener on Sunday against the uh, mighty Giants, who obviously got embarrassed in national television on Sunday night by the Cowboys. All right. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone. You can let this bleed a little bit. I started a little earlier than usual here. Uh, final segment of the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSA M1060. And KSLX HD2 100.7, Let It Bleed action. Maybe the best Rolling Stones album ever, by the way, back in the 68, 1968, I think. All right, thank you, time. 
uh, is thank you. Uh, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, our weekly fantasy football update. Uh, obviously, start with the Aaron Rodgers injury from last night, the ramifications, our, our weekly discussion with John McKechnie from rotowire.com. Also, on Wednesday, uh, we will go around Major League Baseball in the 10 15 segment. We haven't done a baseball, excuse me, 9 15 segment. We haven't talked, uh, have done a baseball segment for a while. We've only got a couple weeks left in the regular season, so lots to discuss. And Zach Cryer scheduled to join us from Yahoo Sports tomorrow at 9 15. Uh, sound of the day, courtesy of ESPN, Fox, Major League Baseball, and FS1. Also, special thanks, as always, to uh, Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. All right, looking ahead to the, uh, some of the NFL light, latest lines, just a couple of things for today. Uh, the Eagles, uh, you know, hosting the uh, Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night football. The Eagles, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite uh, as of, uh, like, Sunday, and they're now down to seven. Part of that has to do with a couple of injuries. Uh, Dean... Uh, is definitely out for Philadelphia. Uh, they've got a couple other guys in concussion protocol, so we'll have more on those uh, situations before, closer to the game on Thursday during the Wednesday and Thursday editions of the Sports Zone slash Extra Point. Also, the Cardinals, uh, they opened five-and-a-half-point favorites. That was last week in the look-ahead line at home against, uh, against the Giants. And after the Giants' dismal performance on Sunday night, dismal is a, kind of a nice word for it, uh, the Giants are now a four-point favorite at uh, you know at State Farm Stadium in Glendale on Sunday against the Cardinals. The total originally was 38, and that's actually gone up to 39 and a half. So those are the uh, that's the update there. Also, some other quick things ripped from the headlines and from the wire. Uh, Chiefs tight end Jason Kelsey with the knee is getting better, according to Andy Reid. But the head coach stopped short of saying that Kelsey will play in Week 2 at Jacksonville. Of course, they did get Chris Jones back off of his, uh, he left, uh, he signed a contract, his holdout is over. Jones expected to play. I would assume it's going to be limited snaps on Sunday at Jacksonville. Meanwhile, the Steelers can be without Cameron Hayward. They're a stud defensive lineman for several weeks after the six-time Pro Bowl selection suffered a groin injury during the first half of that embarrassing loss on Sunday in the home opener for the Steelers against the 49ers. I mentioned Nicobe Dean. Uh, he's expected to be sidelined for multiple weeks after you know, suffering an injury on Sunday, but he's not getting a foot, right foot injury. Uh, but he does not need surgery. Dean does not need surgery. Uh, a little more on the Eagles. James Bradbury is one of those guys in the concussion protocol. Short week. Uh, usually the guys that have short week concussion protocol situations are not cleared by Thursday. Not always, but usually. Uh, Adam Schefter reported that Jonathan Taylor is uh, going to pass his physical and could play uh, in time uh, by week five, as early as week five. Remember, he's out the first four weeks unless he gets traded, and I'm not sure what happens if he gets traded. I don't think he's eligible till week five, even if he gets traded, but we'll see what happens with that if it happens. The Seahawks, we talked about this yesterday during the extra point. Their top two tackles, uh, who were phenomenal as rookies last year and a big part of the Seahawks' success, uh, uh, Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, both left with injuries in week one against the Rams. And uh, it seems unlikely that they're both going to be able to play in week two, or either of them, quite frankly. 
So the Seahawks yesterday brought in 41-year-old veteran tackle Jason Peters uh, for a visit. They haven't signed him, at least the last I'd seen, they had not signed him. College football, an update from yesterday. Uh, suspended Michigan State coach or Mel, uh, Michigan State coach Mel Tucker vehemently denied the, that he sexually harassed Brenda Tracy. Uh, most of you probably know the story by now, uh, but he denied that, so he's still suspended. Uh, the Michigan State head coach. There's a lot of financial implications in that. Millions, like ninety million dollars of financial implications for his contract at Michigan State. Also, personnel news, uh, Utah, you know, looks like that Cam Rising is still going to be sidelined for another game, but you never know with Utah and quarterback situations. But Kyle Whittingham did tell the local media in Salt Lake City on Monday that freshman Nate Johnson will be the starter for this week against Weber State if Rising can't play. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. A lot of information in one hour. That's kind of my uh, goal here. That certainly happened today. We'll return on Wednesday for three hours of local programming. Uh, The Sports Zone from 9 to 10. And also the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 10 to noon. That is it for today. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.